0: from the straight redplex, plex you are listening to straight red i am your host jeff ross and with me as always a man who once claimed that the only mammal that lays eggs are bunnies alex s kibler but alex i could have sworn that was the platypus are you sure about this
1: i see eggs you know it's weird because it happens sort of about the end of march beginning of april every year you mean around this time yeah and there's like eggs but Rabbits also. I've never actually seen the egg come out of the rabbit.
0: is, what I'm is this saying. political belief? That, that's what I want to
1: know. <laughs> How am I supposed to prove that rabbits lay eggs? Jeff, they don't actually lay eggs, do they? No. <laughs> no. Of course not. <laughs> okay, good. I'm just making sure.
0: Of course not. That's one of did I ever tell you of the, the time...
1: This might seem like a crazy segue. Do you, did I ever tell you about the time that I yelled at... What's the guy who played um, Ron F. Howard's kids? Barry Abraham
0: played Ron Howard's kids. No, I yelled
1: at Ron Howard's kids. So you mean
0: like Bryce Dallas Howard?
1: I don't know who that is. Ron Howard, the the redheaded guy who was on Happy Days.
0: Yeah. His one of his daughter's names is Bryce Dallas Howard. Sure, okay, fair. Why would you know that? Anyway, she's um, an actress.
1: We used to sing in college, and we had a gig at this like resort over New Year's and over Easter. And we didn't get paid, but we got paid to stay at this really fancy resort and eat for free, all this cool kind of stuff. And they sort of had us do like little odd jobs around the property. And over Easter, one of our jobs was to go out while the kids were all in like Sunday church service and put the eggs out in the yard. We were like the Easter bunnies, if you will. Mm-hmm. And so there's fifteen of us, and we're we're putting them everywhere and stuff like that. And we see these kids, these snot nosed kids. Like, I don't know, 15 or 16 or something. And they're like kicking and throwing these things. And they're like, hey! Stop! And they look all timid and like, and they walk over to Ron Howard. (laughs) And he's like, you shouldn't have done it. When was this? Oh, ages ago. Like a decade ago now.
0: So one of those kids could have been Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, probably. You're pretending you don't know. But who recently co-starred in the movie Jurassic World. If...
1: Listen, if you are a member of the Howard family and you listen to this show, please tweet at us and just tell me if you remember this event happening.
0: Alex Kibler, was I yelled at Howard's the Howard kids, the Howard children. Yeah, I hope one of them was because I don't know all of his kids' names. I just know that one because she is an actress and she's in like big movies. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm surprised I, you don't know. She, she's I, think, a redhead. I think she had, you know. She looks like Jessica Chastain. They always get the two of them confused. By they, I mean me. <laughs> are you trying to say that all white people look the same? No, these two actresses <laughs> look identical. <laughs> I got to look it up right now. What's what are their names? Bryce Dallas Bryce Howard. Dallas Howard. And then also look up the actress Jessica Chastain. Jessica Chastain. They look the same. Um, In fact, you'll even find articles with that as the premise of the article. They are similar looking. Oh, very sim. They could if they walked around claiming they were sisters, people would believe it.
1: That's fair. They are very similar looking. Wow, they're really <laughs> similar looking.
0: That's what I'm saying.
1: Okay, you've, And they're you've, also you've a racist, racist claims.
0: One more week, Jeff. <laughs> I, I find it odd that I one have to, more week. Not all of us are hillbillies, Alex. <laughs> That's your claim to fame. Mm-hmm. Speaking of hillbillies,
1: yeah. Wait, what? How does that know. segue into Red Bulls four, Houston Dynamo three? Jeff, worried. Red Bulls You're are finally—they're finally on the board, man.
0: Can you believe it? Uh, I can believe it. I can believe that they're. They finally have a win. What game? I don't game? believe is seven goals in this game.
1: Oh, uh, if you watch any of the backline play, you would believe that there were well, seven yes, goals I, in this I, and game. And I watched
0: this game, so I saw the whole thing unravel.
1: As but. positive as you are about how amazingly Sasha Klesch and Felipe have started this season, and thank God you have these players if you're the Red Bulls, um, you've got to be thinking – wait, we got Zubar and Lawrence and Ba as three of our back four, and we have to deal with this for an entire season. They're going to have an interesting season in Harrison, New Jersey, mainly because you never know what you're going to get out of this back line. Yeah, you had some fun goals. You know, Felipe had two amazing goals. Uh, mm-hmm. Kleschen had that ability to be in the right place at the right time like he's so famous for. But, I mean, how optimistic are you really if you're the New York Red Bulls right now?
0: Well, you're not super optimistic, but what you like that you saw here is that this team had fight in them. Yes, they did. they were did. losing at halftime. Yeah. And it looked pretty bad. And they, they lost a couple of players, too. Uh, you mentioned Gideon Ba, You mentioned Ronald Zubar. Both of them were injured mm-hmm. in this game, um, which is not a, not a good no. sign. No. Not at all, and you're up against a Houston team. And can we just pause a moment and talk about Houston, who's scoring goals for fun? Three goals, uh, yeah. three games, eleven goals, and they should have had Houston more
1: goals team. too. I mean, they they had they several golden chances that they missed out on as well.
0: Will Bruin with two in this match.
1: Yeah, they look dangerous. Alex. They really do. Now, with- a couple of those goals were sort of just, I mean, obvious blunders by the the Red Bulls backline. But I think Houston. They they have a team that could score goals on a lot of other teams this year. Like, I, I have a feeling that they're going to be among the top five highest goal-scoring teams in MLS.
0: Well, they've certainly started in the right they've place. They've started I'll hot, tell you hot, not hot. Much. But similar to, well, quite a few teams that we're going to talk about, uh, defense liabilities both sides mm-hmm. in this match. There's seven goals in this game. That's a lot of goals. Uh, giving Houston giving up four goals, I know it 's an away match, but like that 's that 's a lot <laughs> that, that is a lot to give up, and for that matter, New York Red Bulls giving up three at home like thats that 's a lot of goals to give up, so if I was a New York Red Bulls fan, uh, I do have. I do have concerns about defense. I'm not that concerned, and I was earlier, but I'm not that concerned about our offensive capability because I think Houston's a good team and they'll prove to be a good team. And putting four goals on Houston I think will prove to be an accomplishment. I don't think this is going to happen a lot this year. I don't think we're going to see this kind of scoreline against Houston. Um, that all looks good, but the giving up three goals, losing two defenders in the match, like that's, that's got to be a concern. They clearly psychologically have the fight in them. They turn this around at halftime. I don't know what Jesse Marsh said to them, but he turned the whole thing around. Uh, so that's all looking hopeful. If I'm a Houston fan, I'm upset that we let this one slip away. Look looked like we were going to grab three if not one point away which would be great considering our poor away form last season Um, this one you're kind of concerned by still you put up a real fight away a real fight in New York that all looks good Um, I think it was a good match gingers may have been the best match of the week it was very very entertaining of course I'm biased to the Cali Classico but it was still a very good match but Alex 15,000 in attendance yeah it's it's
1: well, and, and there, there were quite a few disappointing crowds in MLS this past weekend. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. Yeah. But, you know, I you might expect me to be very homerish on this, as I am about a lot of things. I want Red Bulls to sell that building out every week. I want both New York teams to have rabid fan bases and to have sellouts every single week regardless of the competition. You know, it wasn't the best weekend to go out and see a soccer game, but it was no. It was by, but it was by no means worse than last year at this time. So, I mean, I just, I, I hope that that isn't a, a portent of, you know, future attendances. I, I, I think a bigger question, if you're a Red Bulls front office member, is, or a Red Bulls fan in general, is how long can this offense function and scrape and. Sc- Scrap by without basically anything from Bradley Wright Phillips. I, I want to pose that question to you. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're you clearly have great individual talent in a handful of your players, Sasha Kleschen, Mike Grella, Felipe, to name just a few. But Wright Phillips has traditionally been the engine of that offense, uh, especially post Henri, re. Uh, he sort of paired up with Dax McCarty, working through the middle of, of the pitch. Are they going to be able to score enough goals out of the midfield? To basically offset Wright-Phillips? Because right now...
0: No, 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 no. Uh, You you need Bradley Wright-Phillips to score goals. Uh, You'll have these occasional... Good performances from other players But at the end of the day they need Bradley Wright-Phillips To score goals I'm not as low on on Bradley Wright-Phillips As you sound like you are Um, He's always been a streaky player That was true last season, that was true before I think that's true right now Uh, I think this will turn around And I think he will have a good season He doesn't look that bad to me But yes, the way uh, Bradley Wright-Phillips goes That's the way the New York Red Bulls are going to go They don't really have another uh, Forward scoring threat like him Long answer to your question, and that's my answer to that question. But yeah, that's a, that's a concern. That's absolutely a concern, and you need to see production soon. We're already match day three going on match day four. Um, we're not seeing much. We need something.
1: Yeah. One more thing, a little mm-hmm. tidbit before we, we move on here. Houston only completed 59% of their passes. Unacceptable. You have, you have a team that plays you know, pretty well together and pretty attractive ball. You need better than that out of this team, 100%.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, that, that, that can't even be argued. You, you need to have better passing. Slightly better than one out of two passes. Yeah. You're, you're going to get killed, especially against stronger teams down the stretch and like looking in the playoffs and stuff like that. The, that might be a discipline problem. Uh, interesting note, we did see Kubo Torres in this game. Came in mm-hmm. very late, but mm-hmm. we did see him, so it looks like Owen Coyle has at least some faith uh, left in him. And I know we're going to talk about this in, in, in more extent uh, later on the show as we talk about a, another uh, big-money DP. But you do wonder. like That's a lot of cash on the bench for Houston. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it says a lot it, when he's not starting. It says a lot at least how Owen Coyle Feels about him. Then again, I, I wouldn't necessarily put him in. You're scoring goals. But why put you're him in? You're
1: playing just fine without him.
0: Someone who isn't playing fine.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was wondering how you're going to handle this.
0: The <laughs> hmm. well, Seattle Sounders losing at home. One to two to Vancouver. I think I um, called this result. I think you did, and I, I believe I called you crazy, and I'll <laughs> stick with that. <laughs> As you should. I'll stick to my guns about you being insane, but... who that's a team, if I'm a fan of, I've got a lot of questions. Well,
1: now let me say this. You certainly are more optimistic about your team if you're a Seattle Sounders fan than you were maybe a week ago. They certainly looked the part. They had plenty of chances. They had 19 shots. They had more than 60% of possession. So you can't you can't go away from this match looking completely and totally beside yourself like you could have for the, over the first two. And yes, Vancouver's goals were on a... Hilariously questionable and reasonably questionable penalty calls. Oh, the first one. Well, was the one, a penalty. the second one was a penalty. I, I, I yeah, have no problem. I, the second with one on being that. called. The
0: first one. The is first
1: one was not a penalty in in any league. Um, I don't know. That being said, on. though, you know, if you're Seattle, if you're Siggy. And you say, listen, we j- finally got the, the, the type of play that we need. We finally got the, the, the positive soccer that we we're playing. We squandered a lot of chances. We, we played pretty well, and yet we lost 2-1. How hard is it going to be for him to... What do you think the mind of the locker room is right now?
0: Oh, these, this is a, a frustrated room. This is a very frustrating room. Um, but they need to be looking at themselves. Yeah. On paper, they should be performing better. I I I don't think it's like oh the organization isn't giving you what you need like these players should be winning games mm-hmm. uh, and I know Obafemi Martins is a big loss uh, I don't think anybody would argue that he's not however like you still have everybody else on this team we can't get anything and at home in front of forty thousand in CenturyLink Field like I, I what what more do you need the fans are there you're clearly getting paid people are getting those paychecks they're cashing those checks you have the training facility what, what what do you need. What do you need um and if i if I was a sounders fan like i'd be i'd be frustrated i'm not losing face because first of all that's not in our blood if, if we're all sounders fans you you do not do that uh, also that would allow you know like Portland or somebody else to get one up on you, which would be unacceptable but they've got some time off here they're they're not playing this weekend most teams aren't most teams aren't a, a handful are, but most teams aren't um Hopefully getting another, basically a whole other week of training for a lot of these guys. Not all of them. Some of them are at various national team camps. But maybe we can get something figured out here. But otherwise, it's looking a little rough. Well, you are at the bottom not, of the supporter shield standing.
1: They are. Right? And, and they're certainly not getting nearly enough performance out of the two players that you arguably need the most out of, Clinton Dempsey and Jordan Morris. I think as they learn to deploy those two players properly, that Seattle's mm-hmm. going to be okay I don't know if we're talking about an MLS Cup winning squad. I think you saw a lot better play out of them this game. Um, but you are not getting what you paid for out of Clint Dempsey and Jordan Morris. And you need to be. You, you need to figure out how to be more efficient with that.
0: Very true. Uh, and, I, and we don't know yet what the actual paycheck is for Jordan Morris. But uh, all the rumors are it's significant. Uh, and obviously we already know you're paid Clint Dempsey millions of dollars. They need to be winning matches for this team, and mm-hmm. they've lost three. They've zero points right now, zero. If you if we went
1: into this season, and if I were to tell you after three matches that Seattle would be last place in the supporter Shield cha- uh, rankings,
0: would you have, would you believe me? Would you have thought I was crazy like normal? I would have thought you were crazy like normal. I would say if you told me like oh they'd only have three points, I'd be like oh okay. You know, maybe kind of a rough start. Yeah, slow start. Yeah, Slow start. You only grab like one win in three matches. I could see something like that. But zero points? No. Not at all. It's a bad start.
1: This is where we currently reside. Um, Speaking of... No, I don't have a good segue. LA Galaxy 3! (laughs) San Jose Earthquakes. Uno. Now... Cali Classico! The real takeaway from this... If you're, if you're, you know, a third party, a, a, a disinterested third party, is where has Ishmael Elphath been my whole life? You know, I what I really wanted for most of my existence was a referee to make a game mostly about himself and not about the players. I've wanted this for so long. This is sarcasm, Jeff. <laughs> That's a bad sign when you have to
0: identify it.
1: Can I tell you something, though? It's a bad thing that after, you know, if you have an allegedly storied game in MLS between two pretty classic teams, LA Galaxy and San Jose, and all I can think about is how horrifically this game was refereed, that's saying something.
0: For those gingers who did not watch the game, there were eight cards in this game, (laughs) including a straight red hashtag on brand.
1: Here's the thing. Despite the fact that he got about seven yellow card calls wrong, I actually have no problem with the red card. You knew coming into the season... That type of two-legged tackle with a scissoring motion coming from beside or behind a player, you knew that the referees were going to be all over that type of challenge, and I think that should have been a red card because I think that stays on point with what you're trying to accomplish in improving the safety of players in this league. But seven yellow cards? There may have been one yellow card worthy foul in that entire seven cards, maybe. They gave Mike McGee a yellow card in the eleventh minute, for foul accumulation, that happened. <laughs> Go back and watch it. He's pointing around the different fouls. I don't know if Mike McGee had had a foul yet.
0: There were what 30, is he doing? There were thirty-five fouls in this game, in the official count. Oh my lord! <laughs> it was. I thought the game was very entertaining. It was a great game I to watch. Very very entertained. Um, I did not have the same. Let's say almost apocalyptic <laughs> response that you have uh-huh. to the amount of cards and fouls. But Cali has always, always ridden with fouls and cards and Yeah, but so here's my thing. thing. It's, this it's one shouldn't have game. been. You I don't know, know,
1: I just, I, 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 it, it, for me, it, it comes off of seeing a game, and we're not going to go into detail about this game, but NYCFC against Orlando City, where. That ref, thankfully, let almost everything go. Those two teams were allowed to play, and it was a lot of fun to to see two teams be able to play physically against each other, and this was the polar opposite.
0: I know it's very popular in the the commentary circles Be like, oh, just let him play. Just let him do whatever. It's like, listen, this game has rules. All right, folks, it does. And I know a lot of people are like, oh, let him do whatever. It's like, no, you need some sort of enforcement here. And when you have a match that historically is like this, people are getting the crap beat out of them in this game. Every year, every meeting of this, whether it's in San Jose or L.A., it's always a problem. And it'll be a problem later this season when they go up to San Jose. Like it's always a problem. What I'm it's saying now is, done, not done. <laughs> As Listen, like you have to have some amount of discipline here and say, like, we're not going to we're not going to tolerate this. And I know your position is, oh, how can you accumulate fouls or whatever? I bet things were happening. Like, not everything is right in front of the TV camera right at that moment. We're not on that field. And I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, like knowing how vicious these things become. And you want to set some sort of precedent on the field. Like, we're not going to tolerate this. Like, you have to play. A clean match. And if you're going to have to give out yellow cards, it's the way it is. And by doing that, you do calm players down because they know they're going to get that second yell and they're going to get kicked out of the match. Yeah, think about it. (laughs) I've thought about it and I vehemently agree with you. But
1: here's here's my point. Here's my point, Jeff. I agree with what you just said. This weekend was also... Um, the Premier League, sort of, uh, some great derbies, including the Tyne Weir derby in in England by beloved Newcastle United against Sunderland. Wound up in a draw, a late equalizer from Mitrovic for uh, Newcastle. If it's a derby, I understand that you want to protect the players and have some semblance of 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 sort of order amongst a game that could descend into chaos. What I'm saying is, Ishmael Elfath went about 48 steps past that in what he was doing. He was attempting to make sure that neither team fouled anybody the entire time. That might sound great on paper, but that's soccer. You're, basically, you're telling them not to play soccer.
0: I fully disagree that that's what was happening or how the game was refereed. I know you see it a different way. I really way. want to hear what really our gingers had to say about, about it, this. Like, I really this do. This is a game that gets very, very vicious all the time. And like some amount of law and order has to be laid down. There's a lot of crap that people give referees, people who have no – understanding what the rules are or they never would have be able to ref a match if they were put in the position to do so like something has to be done to keep this thing going this whole idea of like oh how dare they call Faust like that's the game those are the rules just like that two-footed challenge you give a straight red for that that's just the way it is now that doesn't change just because people are having their their big uh, rivalry match and people want it to be different yeah fans want to see blood absolutely but you as a league don't want this third match of the season you want these people to survive this thing and they won't if you leave it to their devices so i don't have a problem with that if people don't like it stop like punching people in the face like don't be like this like don't play this way if you don't want this to be called if you want there to be no cards no anything Then play a clean match. This whole argument that people have like, oh, there weren't any fouls. Like, were you on the field or were you just watching on TV? The last time I recalled you, you were watching on TV. You don't know what's happening. You're not there the referee this is their job this is what they're supposed to do and i disagree that this was making the match about himself because i would argue this particular match was about the players on the field and la ultimately played better than san jose in a significant match and without the helps of one steven gerrard who was out in the fourth minute because he's made of glass
1: i want you to know that i'm moving on simply because this show must end at some point and not because i agree with you i vehemently disagree with you if this match were refereed the same as nine 99% 99% of any other MLS matches, or even slightly more, strictly so, I would have no problem. It was not soccer as I know it that I watched from the referee's perspective. But disagree. It was that being like said. Every that being said. Match. That being said.
0: Disagree completely.
1: I think besides the obvious injury to Steven Gerrard and his increasingly questionable position in the starting lineup. I think you're starting to feel a little bit better about yourself if you're the L.A. Galaxy. Uh, Jossie Zardes had a great match. Um, you're you starting to get out of Mike McGee. I guess this is one of those pickups that Bruce Arena does. It's like, yeah, he's Mike, Mike McGee probably washed up a little bit. And all of a sudden, you know, he's, he's all over the pitch, man. It, it's exciting to watch L.A. Galaxy play soccer right now. On the flip side, San Jose despite the fact that you spent an entire half at even strength, had something like 38% possession in the first half, even when you're at equal strength. Yes, you have Fataya Lashe, Yes, you have Chris Wondolowski. Yes, you have Quincy Ameriquois. But you're in a position where you need to have some sort of cohesion from the other players on your team, and you're not getting that right now if you're a San Jose Earthquakes fan.
0: I would say this match will prove, or I believe this match will prove to be an outlier for San Jose. I, I don't think this is what their regular matches will <sighs> going to look like. I don't know. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. I think also I think the other half of this when they play in San Jose or more likely in Santa Clara, uh, they're going to win that game because L.A. can't play outside of the stuff up center. <laughs> They absolutely can play when they're there. It becomes an issue when they leave. Um, I'm, I'm. If I was a San Jose fan, I wouldn't be too upset. I wouldn't be too upset about it. And you still were able with. I think it ended at like twenty six percent possession. Something obscene. How low the the possession was. Uh Maybe thirty five. I don't know. It was something awful. You still got a goal. <laughs> you still got a goal in this match. A classic so Wando a,
1: goal as well, well. You know that's what you right place, for, right uh.
0: time that's what you pay him for also innocent made it into this match which i like seeing it was uh, fairly late he didn't make a huge difference but it is nice to see the man back from injury la has only had 3 losses at the stubhub center since 2014
1: that just, just think about you that. said that statistic to me in the pre show and i almost didn't believe it i thought you misspoke <laughs> no nah, you can look this up <laughs> And I was like, no, yeah. I, that's got to be wrong. That, that can't be right. Not in this league with this much parity.
0: No, they don't lose there. They don't lose there. Of course, when they do lose, it's in the playoffs. But well, <laughs> quite the time to lose. Uh, generally speaking, they do not lose there. Uh, they do get draws there, but they don't lose there. So anytime, if you're, if you're a betting person, they're playing at the Stubham Center, take LA on that one.
1: It's, it's quite impressive what they've been able to do over the last couple of years at home. Uh, some other scores from around the league: Gingers uh, NYCFC nil, Orlando City FSC. Pardon me, pardon me, Lions fans. Uh, one. Um, this is one of those matches where it becomes very frustrating as a home crowd, but I also think that you know, if, if you're an away team, you snatch an early goal. You throw that bus behind the ball and you cling to that goal with dear life, and they did. And and NYCFC should have had an equalizer, maybe should have had more than one goal, but mission accomplished if you're Orlando City. You come in, you get an early goal. You know, it wasn't, it was probably the least elegant header that you might see in MLS this season from Kyle Lahren, but it's Kyle Lahren. He scores goals against NYCFC for fun.
0: A great start for the season for the young man. Indeed. And apparently was playing sick, like he had the flu or something.
1: Yeah, that's why he, he came off fairly early. Uh, if you're an NYCFC fan, don't I, I wouldn't get down on yourself. Oh, yeah? If, if, if they play as well as they did in this match for the rest of the season, they're going to beat plenty of, of teams. Um, they create a ton of chances. The addition of Federico Bravo next to Andrea Pirlo means that you know, that you're going to get some protection for Pirlo. And more importantly, if you go back and you watch the footage of this match, it's clear that Patrick Vieira has told his two forwards, be it Shelton or Taylor or uh, Mendoza, let's use the width of the pitch. When when NYCFC has the ball in their own half, you'll see one forward literally on the touchline on the left side and the other forward literally on the touchline on the other side to provide width for the team. I think you're going to see a lot more out of Pirlo this season than you ever did last season, and he will all of a sudden become a very valuable pickup for this team. The question is, can the players around him finish?
0: Very good question, and I know it's far too early in this season to point these things out, but last year, NYCFC had more points at this point. All right, moving on. And
1: then we had a 15-game losing streak. Uh, yeah, but you had five Sh- points right now. Chicago nil, Columbus crew, SC nil. The Man, the crew look just directionless right now to me
0: i was disappointed because they wore their black shirts and i had a theory that that would be all they would need to win right and instead they walked out with a draw they still got a point but i think chicago's bad and you should be able to beat them in chicago
1: you should be able to beat chicago playing anywhere, anywhere. yeah yeah um
0: you play them, it doesn't matter
1: you know all you hope is not lost training ground but you're at a point now where you're starting to be like oh maybe i should actually be worried about this FC Dallas to Montreal Impact, nil. Dallas continuing a strong start to the season. Montreal finally hit a little bit of a stumbling block. Of course, going down to Frisco is never easy.
0: Never easy. Obviously, uh, FC Dallas uh, came off of that bitter Texas loss to Houston and came back with a win, which they've done uh, last year as well, coming off of bad losses immediately followed by wins. Uh, Drogba did play in this game match for Montreal. Didn't matter, but he did play in the second half. I have to FC Dallas. I think they're a very good team. They'll continue to be a good team. I still think Montreal's a good team, and this was an off game.
1: I mean, FC Dallas seemingly creates shots and chances for fun. It's just sort of like what they do. It's not even really difficult for them. You know, if you're if you're an away team going into there, your job has got to be you've got to try to block everything, have defenders flying towards the ball. Um, you didn't see enough of that from Montreal, and it cost them. Other scores from around the league, Gingers, Portland Timbers 2, Real Salt Lake 2. Interesting match from a lot (laughs) of perspectives.
0: Yeah, very interesting match. Uh, RSL was down a man for a from ton. 30, like the 31st minute yeah. onward. Yeah, uh, so hat tip to them for hanging. They got one of their goals as 10 men mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, fairly late in the match. And I, I do have to give some credit to you, Portland for not losing because for a very long time they were down 2 0.
1: Yeah, they were uh, first of all, they, were, they weren't down one man, they were down two by the end of this match. It was yeah, 11 on of, nine by the, by the end of the match. Um, Yurimov Sissian reopening his account with RSL. That's always good to see. Um, you know, you still, despite the fact that Portland are M- defending MLS Cup champions, I still get the sense that you got to kind of wonder where are these goals going to come from. They keep teams off the board a lot, but they didn't score a ton of goals last year and not scoring a ton of goals this year. In a well, high-scoring no, league. know
0: Adi is still scoring goals for them. He is.
1: I just I, you wonder if in this high scoring league that we exist in, can he carry this team on his goal scoring sense? It's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, yeah, see. Other scores: Philadelphia three, <laughs> New England Revolution nil.
0: How about Philly
1: statement huh? game? I think this is a statement game. Now, I think the bigger question here is how about New England? Well, they're looking listless <laughs> right now. I I think there might be a bit of... I don't know if panic is the right word, but two shots on goal against Philadelphia? Just, just think about that. Yeah, you had a red card early on in the match. You yeah, didn't look was particularly threatening point. before the red card. You know what I mean? Yeah, like,
0: exactly. Like That was at the 36th minute yeah. that they had that red card. They should have looked a bit better than they did. Uh, Philly, three goals at home. That's what you want to see if you're a Philadelphia fan. I think... Well, keep in mind, this is one of these teams, Gingers, that basically sold their whole roster and replaced it. Yeah. <laughs> these are all – they got rid of everybody. Um, I think we're starting to see the – it's early, but we're starting to see what Ernie Stewart in the GM position can do in Major League Soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not willing to call it a success yet. It's very, very early, but uh, we're seeing some interesting things out of Philly. Congratulations to them on that... Uh, and that was their home opener, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe so. Uh, that 3-0 victory at home.
1: SKC won Toronto FC nil. SKC continuing to grind out results. Um, I, It's going to be tough to go to Kansas City and beat SKC this season. I, I think the the beginning of the season has taught us that, at least. I also think that Toronto... I can't put my finger on Toronto. Um, I still think that they're really more of a collection of individual talents and less, you know, a cohesive team. You know, when you have a game like this where Javinko is fairly quiet, where's the offense going to come from? Michael Bradley had a good match, but... Someone else has to have a good match. You know, well, but- I get the sense with Toronto, if they're going to win a game, it's really just like okay, of the three, of the big three, if two of them have a good match, they win the game. If w- only one of them does, or none of them does, they lose. You know. It- <laughs> It's really well, about those three players.
0: They're 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 not alone in that respect. And they do bring sure. Josie Altador back to uh, full fitness, which he was not in this game, but I still uh I I rate Toronto higher than than I think some do. But sporting Kansas City is just a great team. Yeah. This is their best start in like four or five seasons. That's You've had ridiculous. a better
1: start out of Graham Zusi than I think even some of the most diehard sporting Kansas City fans would have had uh sort of dreams about uh brad davis coming in off the bench with a goal um, that's gonna wind up being a pretty big signing i think for them um,
0: i i haven't gotten used to seeing brad Davis no, it's weird man in a, in a sporting shirt it's it looks so strange to me i'm like how doesn't he play for Houston? and he's, he's such a distinctive looking man yeah that i have that that's, image that's, in that's in my the head. kindest
1: way anyone has ever described brad
0: davis. <laughs> distinctive <laughs> He's a distinctive looking man. But that's his goal. That one goal is a Brad Davis goal. Yes, there was almost certainly a foul there that was not called. But, I mean, whatever. That happens in every match. Uh, He looked good. And like you said, Sporting Kansas City, they're they're grinding these wins out. Three straight wins, nine points, top of the table. It's a good way to start your your year going into the very brief international break. Mm -hmm.
1: And lastly, DC United won. Colorado Rapids won. I (sighs) say this game to last. My God. We'll get to it here in a few minutes. Um, Did you watch this? No, I did not watch this match live. I did not. I did. And? It
0: was so bad. It was such a bad game. It was so boring. It was so boring, Alex. It was almost as bad as uh, the draw for the Copa America. It was just uh, it's like watching paint dry.
1: You know, what's amazing to me... Is I I think there was a lot of talk going into the season about you know Colorado could make some some noise this year and, and get some decent results. I don't think even the biggest Colorado Rapids fans would have thought that Marco Papa would have made such a big impact this early on in that season. Marco oh, Papa, tr- man, the match for me. Um, you know, it's it's pretty fascinating seeing the amount of improvement that Colorado has made in a very short time. Um, yeah, Mac McMath probably. You know, it, it, it's it's not it's not a kind goal to give away if you're a Zach McMath. I, I now here's the thing though. That's a problem, Gingers. That I don't think is going to be an issue going forward potentially.
0: Why is that, Alex?
1: Gingers. We promised a long time ago not to be political on this show, but we're going to break that <laughs> promise right now. As the Secretary of Defense has returned home to Major League Soccer. Tim Howard, Uh Major League Cup Best Beard Award winner, Tim Howard, this week, signed with the Colorado Rapids of Major League Soccer. Ginger, I want you to know, Dixie just gasped behind me because I don't think she knew that. And as I'm recording the show... My girlfriend, I think, is leaving me, so there's that. But (laughs) Jeff's giving her the thumbs
0: up. (laughs) You you know what? You had a great run, Alex. I did have a great run, and now it's gone because of Tim Howard. the The time's up. Also, Colorado is lovely. I think Dixie would prefer it. There.
1: Yeah, I think she'd love Colorado. Here's the thing. I read this comment. I can't take credit for this comment. I read this on Twitter, but it makes a ton of sense to me. I think when this rumor was happening in the offseason before, you really saw the extent to which Colorado decided that they were going to rebuild this team. You were like, why are they going to spend money on Tim Howard? Why? I, why? I was one of those people. Why is this the way you're going to spend money? But now you start to see some of these other moves that they've made. You know, and I'm not trying to say Zach McMath needs to be replaced. He doesn't need to be replaced. That kid's going to be a stud someday for the right team if he can get another chance in this league. But all of a sudden, you have a solid ass team if you're Colorado.
0: This gonna... kind of ass is solid ass.
1: I agree with you wholeheartedly. Gingers, if you're a fan of the Colorado Rapids, please tweet at us with your sort of reactions to this signing. Um,. Now, is this team going to compete for the playoffs in the West, Jeff?
0: It's tough because you're in the West. You're in the West. I think this team makes a playoff in the East. Oh, yeah, they're East. Yeah. I mean, a lot of teams (laughs) would. A lot of teams (laughs) would. (laughs) <laughs> Half the ASL, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of weakness in the East, but um, in the West, like that's that's going to be a tough call. I will say this though: I, in the off season, I was one of these people saying, like, why? If you have all this money to spend, why are you spending all this money on a goalkeeper? And I still think, like, that's at least for an MLS team, like that's a lot of cash tied up in a goalkeeper. Um, but they're clearly building another team at some point in the off season. Management decided, oh wait. We've been in MLS 1.0 while well, they've moved to 3.0 everywhere else. Like We've fallen behind, and we've decided that's not acceptable. We're going to make the moves necessary to improve the team. They've moved a lot of good veterans there. They've moved some people out who weren't necessarily fitting what they were trying to do. He signed Jermaine Jones, who it does still have to serve three more matches, but he'll be there soon. You've got uh, Tim Howard. My understanding is he's coming in July, but you've got Tim Howard coming in, uh, who has— every credential you could want for a goal. Mm -hmm. He's, he's their Casey Keller. He's like when Casey Keller came in for the Seattle Sounders, uh, when that team, Was starting up like, oh wow, like this is now we have something to build around. Like we we have some real veteran talent. I think it's good having that in the back. Um, Zach McMath, if I'm his agent, I've got a lot of questions. (laughs) I've got a lot of questions about what's what's our future look like here in Colorado. Well, he doesn't have a future in Colorado. I I think there's well, you you'd have to decide if you're Zach McMath. Like you're 24, I believe. Someone online, I'm sure, can double check that. But you're a young man. You have to decide. Do I want to be Tim Howard's backup for ever many years left that he has? Um, But playing in MLS, he could have a lot. (laughs) He could be playing into his 40s if he stays healthy enough. I'm like, do you want to be Tim Howard's backup? Or do you want to make the most of this that you can up to July and see if your services are needed elsewhere? I I think he would probably play more towards that. Like, let's have a good first half of the season. Because some team, some MLS team is going to realize their goalkeeping situation is crap.
1: Well, yeah, you're going to have teams inquiring about Zach McMath come December prob- the transfer. probably have phone
0: calls right now. They are already
1: happening, yes. You know, there's a, there's rumblings in a few teams about potential sort of goalkeeping upheavals and I think especially for some of these teams that don't have a clear number 2 who's obviously the guy in line, you know, I frankly NYCFC sort of comes to mind. Um, there's going to be a lot of interest in a guy like Zach McMass. So it's going to be interesting, but I I I think that Colorado could make some noise
0: um in the west. I do want to emphasize this though. If you're Pablo Masreni, you got to win now. This is your chance, bro. Like, you, like this is it? Because yep. clearly management has decided that we're, we're trying to be an elite team in this league. And if that's the case, yeah. I mean, I know that they got Jermaine Jones at sort of a bargain basement price for Jermaine Jones, but for Colorado, he's an expensive player. Mm-hmm. They did not get Tim Howard at bargain basement. They're paying him no. millions. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they're going to spend big elsewhere uh, as as time goes on. If management's doing that, like you've got to win, mm-hmm. you have to win. And if they don't win, like if they don't make the playoffs this year, they're getting a new manager.
1: As sad as that is, it's probably true.
0: I mean, after what he's had two seasons that were really, really bad. Are you going to keep him if if you give him if all of a sudden you right spend him?
1: Yeah, you give him the tools, and now he still can't and he's win. Still losing. Yeah,
0: and you're not going to walk around with a team you have Tim Howard on it, and we're not winning matches. No, no, thank you.
1: Yeah, after you and they'll get some, Bet the farm some on win. this. They're going to get some wins somewhere. Um, let's move on to our national teams.
0: Hooray! Yeah, I love our national team, America. I love this country.
1: Which one do you want to start with? There are some very important matches coming up this week. On two fronts, Gingers, CONCACAF men's Olympic qualifying continues with the USA under-23 team playing Colombia in Colombia followed up by playing Colombia at home. This has been a long and trying qualifying <laughs> for the U.S. men's <laughs> national team. It really
0: has. Um, I mean, we shouldn't be in this position. No. just say that? No, 100% we should not. We so, had an opportunity. This is exactly how it happened uh, for 2012. But, like, we had an opportunity to lock this thing up within our region, and we didn't. We just didn't. So now we have this playoff match with the and, and I really, I just don't think. Well, I mean, we've got a shot. You always have a shot showing up. It's just like we we just shouldn't be in this position. And so I'm a, I'm a little perturbed by that, Gingers. <sighs> I got that out of the way. I feel better, Alex. What's nice though <laughs> is that you're going to see if some of
1: these players that have all this hype around them, like the vetters and the Jordan Morrises of the world, you're gonna you're gonna see if they're really the bee's knees or not. I I think if, if, if they're going to demonstrate that they can, they can sort of perform at the highest level against world-class talents, this is where you prove that. If you're a Kellen Acosta or a Will Trapp or hell, a Kyrie Shelton, first team ginger, Kyrie Shelton. It's It's going to be interesting to see how this plays out, but here's the thing, gingers. This is just, this is just the appetizer. On the soccer dinner menu,
0: prefix dinner menu. Oh, my menu. God. <laughs> oh, my God. Wait, wait, wait. Before you move on to the senior team. Yeah. Before you move on. Um, this is actually a pretty strong roster that we have. It is. It's a
1: very strong roster. For this
0: match. This is where, in case you're wondering, and we'll get to it, this is where Jordan Morris is going to be. He's going to be with the the under-23s against Columbia. I, I mean, th- there's some <laughs> Julian Green back from the Wilderness uh, th- th- we've got some players out there. It should be interesting to watch. I don't think there's necessarily a better U twenty three player that like isn't here. But um, I've got concerns. We'll get to the matches later. Go ahead. You-, you were you were moving on to the senior team.
1: I I was. This this is the entree, the main course, if you will, of the. God, you love food. I'd love to eat. Um, we begin. A home and away series against Guatemala in a World Cup qualifier. And we have the chance to fully qualify for the Hex next year in these two matches. We don't bring the, I guess, the A of most A squads, but it's pretty close. If you were to pull up the the, the roster for these matches, you're going to see a lot of names that you recognize. Uh, Jeff Cameron's on this team. DeAndre Edlin's on this team. Your midfield is stacked. Beckerman, Bradley, Discarude, Bedoya, Fabian Johnson, Darlington, Nagby, Lee Wynn. And you have Altidore, Dempsey, Wando, Bobby Wood, who's just blowing the doors off in Germany right now.
0: I wish we covered that because yeah, he's doing me too. fantastic over there
1: right uh, now. And So So It's a very strong roster that we have right now. There is some question about you know some of these players on the back line have not demonstrated that they could perform at the international level particularly well as of late. But I think in the midfield you're stacked and you have the advantage over Guatemala, and at forwards you're stacked and you have the advantage over Guatemala. So my my question is, knowing Concacaf and knowing the road conditions that you face, are we looking for? Are we realistically looking for four points here, or we're going to go for it in Guatemala? and go for six points.
0: Well, we all know how I feel about this, uh, Of anything. You, you always have to go for it. You have to go for it in Guatemala City. You have to go for it here. You have to win because, like, like you said uh, earlier at this, in this segment, you have an opportunity right now to lock this thing up to the hex. Now, that doesn't get you qualified, of course, but that gets you to the next stage, and you can put this thing away so there aren't any question marks about it. Now, if you're being a realistic person, I think four points is very real that can that can happen mm-hmm. but you have to be playing for six and i really hope that they are prepping for six that they're studying film with the intention for six and they're going to guatemala to like we're here to win we're not we're not here to just squeak by with a point but it's gonna be tough and we'll get deeper into why in a moment but playing in guatemala is not an easy task it's not, not any-
1: and i would tell you though this as well the the Guatemala national team has been practicing for an entire week. They have quite the uh, head start in terms of training against the U.S. You know, realistically, the U.S. might have three to four days of actual training time mm-hmm. uh, before this first match. Expect to see some fancy, quirky, interesting set pieces out of the Guatemalans because they're going to need to find a goal somewhere. Um you know the the Guatemalans are sort of are, are fighting for their lives right now in this World Cup qualifying cycle, and obviously you would love to be in a position where you don 't have to play the u s in such serious games mm-hmm. but once again this isn 't concacaf. the conditions are not going to be great you 're no. going to be going into a match probably in a stadium that 's not up to snuff in terms of what we see in this country you 're going to be in front of a hostile crowd for some of these players you know, yeah, they've seen a couple of matches of World Cup qualifying, but you know, for a player like a Ventura Alvarado who's been seeing a lot of minutes, and and even John Brooks, who's a World Cup veteran, you might find yourself starting for the first time in a World Cup qualifying game for the first time ever away on a terrible pitch in front of a bunch of rabid fans who hate you.
0: Oh, You're going to see what you're made out of. So, for you, Gingers, and I know you know this, Alex, but for you, Gingers out there who don't know, uh, Estadio Mateo Flores in Guatemala City was built in 1948. So, you have a stadium that's more than 60 years old that you're playing in. Uh, seats about, and it has not been renovated since. I think that's worth pointing out. Uh, seats about 29,000. There's probably going to be more than that there. This like you pointed out. This is, the Guatemala has to win this match. They're in third place in the group, only the top two are going to make it. And uh, they need to get every single point that they can. And their opportunity, truly their opportunity to beat the United States is in Guatemala. Uh, they're going to have a tough time doing this in the U.S. These fans are going, this is the, their big match of the year. They're going to go nuts because if Guatemala beats the United States, uh, that, that's that's their biggest match. That's huge. This would be, it's the equivalent, if not more significant than, than playing Mexico if you're Guatemala. This is a big, big match. Um, and I hope for those players on the US men's national team that have been in this rodeo before, I'm looking at Clinton Dempsey specifically, they understand, like, showing up in Guatemala, this this is their World Cup, frankly. Like this this game is huge for them, and whatever they can do, whatever like cheap fouls they can do, whatever way of sort of like getting into your head or like sneaking around the refs, and these are Concacaf refs, so it's not that hard. Um, they're gonna they're gonna do everything they can possibly do. They're gonna try to keep you up at night at the hotel. They will do everything to get any sort of advantage here, and you have to be prepared for that. This isn't going to be a gentleman's match. It's going to be rough. I still have faith, though, Alex. I still think we can pull this one off, uh, but it's gonna be tough. It's going to be a tough match.
1: It's going to be very tough. Um, Something to watch out for, Gingers. Um, Clint Dempsey is currently tied with Landon Donovan for the most World Cup qualifying goals by a United States player with 13. Mm. Interestingly, one behind them with 12 is one Josie Altidore. One of these players... We might see this record in the hands of someone besides Dempsey or Donovan. Uh, It might be Dempsey's by himself. It might be Altidore by the end of this. We'll have to see how that plays out.
0: And it'll be another feather in the cap of Josie Altidore, the often maligned Josie Altidore, who the stats say is one of the best forwards we've ever had. I know it's hard to believe. It it is. I know it's hard to believe.
1: A couple of minor notes before we leave you this weekend, Gingers. Uh, Lee, oh, actually, hang on. No, no, no. Let's go through this stuff first. Lee Wynn signed a significant contract extension with the new england revolution jeff Mm -hmm. if lee had not signed this what do you think his sort of overseas options were if any and do you think that this is the right move for lee uh
0: okay so if he had overseas options they would probably have been uh not premier league not well, maybe one of the lower-table Bundesliga, but maybe one of the Bundesliga 2 teams. Yeah. Um, maybe somebody in Scotland. Uh, maybe back in Vietnam where he was a huge star, uh, a detail that's been forgotten over the years, but he was a big, big name mm-hmm. playing in Vietnam back in the day. I think there were those possibilities, but let's say, for example, that the big money is in Asia someplace. That's also when the U.S. national team just lost track of Lee Win when he was playing over there like you never saw him again never heard about him that was his big motivation frankly to come to mls like i'm trying to make the national team and i know he's only had a handful of caps i think it's like nine or ten caps something like that but that's been post signing with new england he's gotten minutes he's gotten looks he's getting looks in world cup qualifying i was shocked to discover this he's only 29 i thought he was older (laughs) I really did. I thought Lee Wynn was like 33. Uh, He's 29 years old, so he could theoretically be in the 2018 World Cup. That's not out of the question. Um, I think it's a good move for him to be in New England. He'll play. He'll start. He's a key component for that team. And frankly, if he has value to one of the bigger teams overseas, namely in Europe, this will put... New England in a position to actually get paid in that sense instead of Lee Wynn's contract running out and then him going someplace else. Cause he's got the stuff he can play for somebody else. He he doesn't have to play here. Uh, But I think it's, I think it's actually good for all parties involved. I I agree with you for everybody.
1: One more note before we leave you gingers. I just wanted to say a big hearty congratulations to one Perry kitchen, making his first start for heart of Midlothian in the Scottish Premiership. Congratulations to Perry Kitchen on this where accomplishment.
0: Do you, where, where do you watch those? I know you follow it. What channel is I that I think it's
1: all? on Fox Sports 2, if I'm remembering correctly.
0: Is that right? I don't.
1: <laughs> I haven't watched much this year. I'm, I, my Scottish Premiership viewership mm-hmm. is really is petering off a little bit, and it's bothering me. Oh,
0: my me. goodness. Uh, Heart, um, before- Hearts
1: were upset away at St. Johnstone, Excuse me, at home Here it against is. St. Johnstone, Here it is. 3-0, which is a terrible result. You know, certainly Johnstone is, is, in, uh, is in fourth place, just behind Hearts. Um, you know, it's really, it's a, two, it's a two-team race for the top of the league between Celtic and Aberdeen. You know, we're all, we're all playing for, for third place right now. Hearts is still holding I'm, that position, but you know, looking tenuous at the moment.
0: I, I'm just glad it looks like Rangers may be up next season. Uh, it's been a long time. It's about time. And it's about time. Uh, before we move on to other segments, there are some MLS games coming up this weekend. There
1: are, Gingers. There are there three, are. as a matter of fact. All on Saturday. Saturday afternoon, from the friendly confines of Yankee Stadium, NYCFC play host to the New England Revolution. That's at 3 p.m. You going to be there? I'll be there. Um. <sighs> I don't know, it's tough. Both teams coming off a loss. I think NYCFC were more impressive in the loss than the New England Revolution were. Um at some point New England has to turn the ship around. Is it right now? I'm not sure. I'm gonna take a draw. I'm gonna say one one, NYCFC, New England. I
0: think an Alex Kibler style one nil victory All right. for NYCFC. Uh I I just don't think New England's quite there yet. Yeah, you're probably I don't think right. They are.
1: You're probably right. DC United play host to FC Dallas at 5:30 p.m. on ABC Seven this weekend, Saturday.
0: I, I have to take a Dallas away win. Yeah, I think know. I'm going to too. I'm gonna give. I'm only gonna give DC one goal. I'm giving Dallas two.
1: I don't see that DC United lineup being able to keep up with the athleticism of FC Dallas. Could DC United snatch a a goal or two on a set piece? Of course they could. They're DC United, but well. And they're at RFK. I don't think you bet on that. Um, I'm also going to say 2 1 away for Dallas. Uh, And then in the nightcap, Gingers, Vancouver at home against the Houston Dynamo at 10 p.m. Eastern, Root
0: Sports Southwest. For me, that's the match to watch. If if you're going to watch an MLS match this coming weekend, uh, because I can understand if you get burned out from the two U.S. matches that are happening this weekend. but that's the one to watch, that 10 o'clock. It's on Saturday. You don't have to get up early on Sunday, right? I don't know. Maybe you're all churchgoers. I have no idea. Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring one, just because Houston games have been lately. <laughs> but I've got to go with Vancouver here. I'm taking it 3-2. I'm putting five goals in this game. I'm Three, s- only Van-
1: slightly less crazy by saying I think this is going to be a 2-2 draw. Um. I I look forward to watching this match. I will watch this match. Probably not live, because it's at 10 p.m. Eastern, but you bet your beautiful hind ends that I'm going to be watching it on the replay. Um, gingers, that
0: was all of you. You all have beautiful hind ends.
1: I'm proud of your <laughs> derriers. Um, but most importantly, Gingers. hmm <sighs> Do you want to pick both of them? Let's do it. Colorado uh, U-23s at home against the USA Olympic qualifying U-23 team.
0: I like how you said Colorado had met Columbia. Oh, yeah, Columbia. Because if it's Colorado's U-23s, I've got the United States. <laughs> yeah, probably me too. <laughs> I'm taking I'm the U.S. for oh, that. Oh, no. Why don't <laughs> I make you read all these damn things? I don't know. I don't know. You you like to hear your own voice. That's that's what I always assume. Uh, this one's on Fox Sports 1, so it should be an easy find for you, Gingers. And this will be surprised to nobody. If, but of course, I'm taking the United States of America to win here. And I'll tell you why. Freedom, <laughs> first of all. <laughs> Liberty second. Uh Uh, But more realistically, uh, I think the the Colombian youth team is not as strong as some people are giving them credit for. Case in point, they are also fighting for their lives here. (laughs) They didn't qualify. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important to keep in mind. And I have a lot of faith with the U23s that we've put together here. Uh, I think we're going to, it's not going to be pretty. I think it's going to be like 1 0. I don't think it's going to be great, but I think we're going to squeak by with a win.
1: I'm also going to take a 1 0 away win for our U23s. But more importantly, Gingers, World Cup qualification is back. Guatemala at home against the U.S. men's national team. BN Sports, NBC, Universo.
0: What is that, by the way?
1: It's like Spanish NBC.
0: I don't think I have that.
1: I don't I know I don't have it.
0: <laughs> like, is that a channel? Is that a website? I don't know what that is. I think no it's, idea. It's probably both. <sighs> yep, going with freedom again. I've got the United <laughs> States winning this. Alright, but also small. I'm gonna go with two one. Guatemala. Nil.
1: Estados Unidos. Dos.
0: You're going dos a cero, but away? Yeah, in we're going to
1: have two of them in the span we're of the four the days. <laughs>
0: oh, oh, Gingers,
1: ways that you can get in touch with this terrible podcast show that we have how dare you straight red pod on twitter that's the show at jeff is famous on twitter that's jeff at alex S Kibler on twitter that's me straight red at icloud.com straight red podcast on instagram but we don't use it and straight red on facebook jeff it's now it's my personal favorite part of the show i don't care what anyone else thinks (laughs) uh quiet time with jeff jeff what do you have for the gingers tonight
0: well, first, a brief note. The reason we don't use Instagram is because literally only you have access to that account. So that need, you need to do it. That's your problem. No. Oh. But, yeah, it is. Yeah, I it's know. It's your problem. It's you need true. to fix that. But, Gingers, during the pre-show, I was having a conversation with renowned simpleton Alex S. Kibler <laughs> about the perception of time and how, like, as a child – Five minutes seems like an eternity, but as an adult, you can easily lose track of five minutes. Now, here's my theory. It has a lot to do with how much that time is relative to the length of your entire life. When you're a child, five minutes, proportionally, it's a much larger part of your life. Whereas you're an adult, you're, you're, it's over now. It's all over. So that's why I was shocked, as well as Alex, that on the time we're recording this, it was already March 21st. When I swear to God, it was still January. Mm. We're all getting old. We're all dying. Please join me on the boat.
1: (laughs) I also don't pay much attention while we're recording. Go
0: forth in soccer, Dinkers! You're not going to join me on my moon colony? You know, I would totally go to a moon colony. Right? Bring Dixie. Do you think she would go? No, absolutely not. If you ask Dixie if she would move with you to a moon colony, Dixie! she'll say no. no. Right
1: would here. you move to a moon colony? With you. With me, ostensibly. And I think Jeff will be there. If Jeff will be there, I'll go.
0: What? <laughs> That's the correct answer. Tell her I appreciate Are that. <sighs> Are there good
1: restaurants? I doubt it. <laughs> well, then I, don't know. I, I <laughs> doubt it. Is What's the, the moon- theater scene like There on Mars The moon get it right Oh moon the moon not Mars It's probably worse on Mars